lines of the Southland. Sunday, January 1st. Happy New Year, Mr. Purdy. Mr. Grant is unable to be with us, but Happy New Year to you. How did you spend your New Year's Eve? My New Year's Eve was spent... What did I do in the morning? I don't remember what I did in the morning. Oh, I got ready to watch... uh... Tech men's basketball. I forgot the game was at noon. I thought it was at two, which is when the women's game was today. Uh, so nearly was late, but got there and just in t- got there in time. Got to uh, enjoy a decent amount a Virginia game, less a uh, <laughs> good Tech game. Um, in the crowd at this game, though, was Coach Kremis, Coach Kremins, sorry. Um, and then they did not put the the camera on Mark Price, even though he was there. Or DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter I kind of get because he's a Virginia guy, but he's still a Hawk. Still an Atlanta guy. Um, but there was there was some legends. There were some legends and current uh, rising all-stars in the crowd. They also had some of Lethal Weapon 3 there as well with uh, with um, Bobby Crumman as well. So good. I guess re- a mixed bag of return home for some of that crew, I would say. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, the game itself. We'll get to it later. But I, I, before we get there, the um, the crowd was very heavily, uh, Virgi- like Virginia for a non UGA game and on Tech's campus. Like I think we're just gonna we just know to expect there's gonna be a lot of Georgia people for games that are here just because of how the geography works out. Now a lot of them are here, but that is the case for UVA as well. Um, a lot of Charlottesville people end up here. Just people that go to UVA end up here, and they're good right now. And we're starting to be categorically not in in men's basketball. Um, And so they showed out pretty strong. The other group that showed up was Ohio state fans who did a two, who pulled a double. They did. They basically, this was the, uh, well, what do you call it? You call it an afternoon movie. I forget. Yeah. It was basically their matinee before the peach bowl. Um, So there was plenty of fully decked out Ohio state people, which was cool to see that they were able to come take in a tech game. Um, That was that, that tech game was my, was ranked third in the three games that I watched in terms of enjoyability for me. And it w- was not close. I will say that it was cool that Ohio state fans were in attendance, but the one guy that was wearing an Ohio state jersey oh, yeah. and sitting in the tech student section was very annoying to me specifically no, I, as, no, a, I as, a, as a someone who was watching on TV. No, I agree. I, know, I agree with that. Cause that, I mean, that student section is front. That is the most screen time any tech student section gets on television like that is as, as any if there is a i mean it's in direct view of the tv cameras so yeah, yes it's, it's the only place that, that really is the case so it's it's that's a big that's a that should be a very important spot for for tech athletics to, to care about granted pluses are like out. a pullover man like you have a bunch of like zip like zip up pullovers i know I, well i mean i don't want like well i think i think i think what you do here is you do the same rule that that Atlanta United does for their supporter section, which you just you just can't wear the opposing colors in the section. You just can't do that. And for us, I think that just needs to be you just cannot wear red, no matter what what game is happening there. Um, and... I think the thing is that like college students, th- this is also me being a crotchety old man, despite only graduating four years ago. Um, like college students will be like, "Lol, I don't care." I'm invincible. Tech students especially. <laughs> Yes, every all, all college students and especially tech students think they're better than other people. So, this is my this has been my experience. I was also like that once. Well, I I do think it's a legit rule that I think is worth at least uh, at least experimenting with to see. Now when it's now when when it's a game where there's like thirty students there because it's New Year's Eve and no one's on campus, that's a I think yeah maybe not that, there can be some like, leeway there, but when but like it gets Duke to and UNC. Which this always happens like with Duke and UNC. Like I remember one year, 
um, Jake, Jake tells a story about one year when he was waiting in line um, before Duke game. He was right. He was third in line behind two tech students, but Duke fans like decked out in Duke gear. Um, and he had to silently stew for two hours until they let people in the door. Mm. Uh, mm. So, yeah, uh, the price of the price of not having a rule like that is high for those uh, like big feature games. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, a lot, uh, a lot of other unfortunate stuff happened uh, with the college football playoff. I refuse to talk about it, so I'm not going to give jack a platform to talk about it but let's talk about college football in general at georgia tech let's start with some new staff hires a new director of football to replace scott wallace was hired from louisville josh thompson experience at louisville for the last five years uh also has some experience at app state uh i believe the person that tweeted this out also noted that he had some experience uh doing football operations at uh old friend jerry howard's high school uh so some interesting connections there a whole new strength and conditioning staff is also uh arriving to the flats later this year uh let's start with the director aj artis uh he was the director of strength and conditioning at usf the past two years uh and the director of sports performance at tennessee in 20. Uh, he his staff is made up of Byron Gerardo, uh, who's the associate director of, and I kid you not, football strength and performance and accountability. Jordan Diaz is the director of speed and associate director of football performance. Tyler Smith, uh, the assistant director of football strength and conditioning, and Sean Boyle, who you may you may know his brother Pat Boyle. Uh, Sean Boyle is the performance manager and assistant director of football strength and conditioning. Um, Matt Boyle is Tech's football research and analytics coordinator. Uh, both of them are have multiple degrees from Temple. So interesting uh, layers of connections there. The last hire before I stop talking and let you speak, Jack, uh, is a new wide receivers coach, Josh Crawford. He comes from Western Kentucky, where he was the wide receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator. That news comes courtesy of Russell Johnson at Rivals. Uh, and Matt Zenitz at On3 Sports. The last one, which I'll add some color to, is an interesting hire considering the very air-raidy, bombs-away kind of offense that Western Kentucky ran last year, which led to their OC, Zach Kitley, getting hired by Texas Tech uh, last offseason. So interested to see how some of that stuff possibly trickles up uh, with a new offensive staff. Mr. Purdy, do you have anything you'd like to mention with some of these hires? Beyond the fact that I'm laughing at the title Director of Speed, uh, not, not all that much. Um, I do like, I mean, hey, if the air raid can show up here, that's a, I think that's helped, that that continues in the tr- in the uh, trend of marketability of Georgia Tech football in a possibly a positive way. Um, I think it, it's it like has to I... work too. It has to work first, for one, if we do anything like that. Um, also it's just an identity thing, quarterback. right? It's an identity thing. I think we know Georgia Tech as having such a strong football identity for the past, like before the past five years, yeah. right? Four or five years. Um, and having a stamp that you can put on uh, like that on a, on a program is it, nice. Like it, it, maybe like it's a schema box for you or like, but it's, it's like comfortable to have a program identity centered around right. a specific style right. of football. 
Um, and, and Brent Key said like, Hey, he wants to be a team that, um, that uh, opponents hate to play. They hate to, they hate to come into Bobby Dodd and they hate to face him. And being really good at the air raid is, is definitely one of those things. As long as your opponents don't play, uh, don't play zone. Yeah. It can become very annoying. I think finding, finding an annoying way of football to play is, uh, that's, that's beneficial. That's the case for any kind of sport, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely quarterback consistency will be important there too, just to establish. I mean, just I mean, consistency has not been a thing this team has had beyond consistently not playing well enough. Um, and I mean, we've run through Jordan Yates, we've run through Tobias Oliver, Sims, the various Zachs, um, Haynes King next year, Fomachon yeah. last year. Uh, it's there's uh, a lot. Yeah, uh, getting to just a name uh, instead of multiple names will be something, which is not a super in-depth thing, but I think considering where we are now and where this thing could go now that we know that there's a co-OC with that's got air raid experience, um, who knows how this defines Keys uh, for first full year. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And I, I it's unfortunate, though, that Josh Crawford doesn't get to work with, with Nate McCollum. Um, Nate McCollum, mm-hmm. who's now transferred to UNC, uh, mm-hmm. especially considering how much Nate McCollum improved this year and how big, big of a part of the offense that he was. Yeah this year uh also headed to unc Derek allen um cornerback so those are two transfer portal exits from georgia tech but i think that covers all of the football news mr purdy you have anything else before we take a quick break go horn frogs uh, big sigh uh we'll be right back to talk about both basketballs and a little bit of swimming right after this short break <laughs> just got something from section 103 for christmas there is probably a 100 percent chance you like what you got um so don't return it because you should keep it because it looks really good on you i and, and taking that it, it it looks good on everybody that's just how that goes um free shipping for over, anything over 70 dollars um they are not shipping as of right now if you listen to this on january 2nd but on january 3rd if you have an outstanding order they will get sent out that day or soon after uh, you can find if you don't know what I'm talking about, Section 103 is a great spot, is of the best places to get uh, licensed Georgia Tech gear with the coolest designs that there is out there. Uh, you can find it at Section 103, the Roman numerals, not Roman numerals, Arabic numerals 103, section103.com, or Twitter at Section 103. Welcome back to Scions of the Southland for January 1st for New Year's Day. Let's talk about... Two men's basketball games that occurred right before the turn of the year. Uh, Tech lost to Clemson, 66-79. Yes, I'm reading that out the uh, the European way. Uh, that was earlier this week. And then on New Year's Eve, Tech lost to UVA, 56-74. to uh, That is AP-ranked 13 UVA. Um, I think I quit both of these games at halftime. Uh, because it was the same story, right? It, it, it's the team just, I, I think they kept the games close into the half, but as we got closer and closer to the half, it was just a frustrating lack of consistency, couldn't get shots to drop, took bad shots, and got and, and turned the ball over a ton. And, and that's the story on this team, is that you can beat them as if you force them to make uh, shots from outside mm-hmm. and if you dominate the paint um defensively uh and it's just 
it's very frustrating to see them make the exact same mistakes uh, game over game. And honestly, kind of year over year, because this was more or less the same story last year, too. Yeah, I missed the Clemson game, but I score-wise, I'm kind of glad I did. But yeah, I was at the Virginia game, and it, yeah, it after the 25-0 run over the, and I missed that it was 25-0 initially during the game, because it happened, it crossed over the two halves. Um, but when uh, Sturdivant and I think Miles Kelly came to the press room after, like, you could just see it in their faces. Like, they... They they knew that it was bad that they did not play remark they didn't play anywhere close to the level that they that they have played in the past and can and I've shown that they can do it this year, um, and they just get they got outplayed poor really badly. Uh, Pastor repeatedly used the word atrocious to describe the whole thing. Um, tech all I mean turnover wise, uh, it they've actually been a good team like they've been top fifty top top something good nationally in turnovers with only with 11 or less in 9 of 12 games and at worst 16 um and they had 11 in the first half and 12 in the second no 11 no uh, they they finished with 23 um and it was just there were so many careless ones out there there were some that were kind of unlucky at times um but either way like the 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 ball was not being taken care of the ball handling was was poor um Rodney Howard I think was probably one of the highlights there. Like he was, he was doing work on the basket to be good defensively. Um, but once, once UVA blew the game open, Tech did not. They didn't show the kind of energy and effort you need to come back and win this thing. And that's just where. I mean, you just like you just can't let up a twenty-five-zero run. I mean, yeah, also it, it, it kind of comes down to that. Like you got to play better defense than that. I, I I don't really have anything more to say on this. It's just increasingly 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 frustrating that this is the same exact story every single game maybe the turnovers have gotten better this year per what you said i'll I'll maybe walk that bit back but it's the same exact story where they just completely fall asleep for part of the game and get out hustled and it's like i i don't i I don't really know what what more i can say about this this team at this i did ask i did ask tony bennett their uva's coach after the game because they there was there was at one point in like the second half where you could you could you could teach Tech's defense to someone because they were they had the same they had their usual consolidated structure stretched out the full court where you had their one guy talk they're going to the guy with the ball and then their three guys like at half court like it's the beginning of a soccer game or something and then Howard or Franklin at the at in the paint um, and it was super spread out and they were UVA I, I counted they had ten open threes from the corner. They made 10 in the game out of 21, I think, attempted shots from three. Um, and so when I asked Tony about, like, what's what, how, how are y'all finding that? And he was just like, basically, the main idea is you take that 1-3-1, one, one, which can be an amorphous blob, shrink it down, get close to the hole, and then just kick out. And they did that over and over and over again. And Tech didn't have a response for it. Uh, you have to adjust to something like that, too, especially yeah. if you see the exact same play. And the lack of adjustment there is also frustrating it kept happening it just kept happening now it happened well it happened three times hold on well, yeah i have I, I don't have the paper where i wrote it down but they had eight of them in the first in the first half and then two in the second half um but they made or 11 maybe 11 total but they just had they had so many of them i just i just had to start counting because i they kept doing the same thing over and over and over again and it's just like how, how you gotta you gotta change um, and that one three one i mean it's meant to be a highly intense defense it's meant to be able to rotate as it needs to rotate uh, but UVA is fast enough passing the ball and getting to spots before we can do before we can make a difference. Yeah, it's 
again, not a lot more to say. Uh, they'll play again on Wednesday, the 4th, versus 14 Miami. Uh, I think that's a 7 p.m. tip, uh, probably on ACC Network or ACC Network Extra. It's just... This is a barometer game. Miami will be a barometer game. If I mean, this is I don't I haven't watched Miami enough to like know what they do well or who their best guys are. But just in terms of just sheer effort and being able to just clean up the things that were a mess against Virginia, if it doesn't happen here, that's uh that's big that's big worries. That's uh, is Passner on the hot seat worries. Speaking of that, uh, or speaking of Passner at least. Uh, according to his pre-game presser before UVA, he slept in his car after the Clemson loss, mm-hmm. uh, which is very... Oh, he didn't try it. He didn't want to. It just kind of happened that way. I'm not surprised, though. Oh, no, like, no one was. No one, if you know a, Passner, this is very unsurprising. This is like the most Passnerism Passnerism to ever Passner. Like, the yeah. guy... the. I wonder if he's going to sleep in his car again. Or he did sleep in his car again after the UVA game. Well, no, because it was like 4 in the afternoon. <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he just needed a nap. He's got he's got a lot of kids to go back home to. He's only got like the one, doesn't he? Uh, no, he's got more. than He's got like three or four. Okay. I, uh, some, I don't know. I, I'm not responsible to know. Or I'm not. I don't need to know about Pastor's personal life, but that's that's fine. Actually, that lends more credence to the idea that he needs a nap. <laughs> Let's switch over to women's games. Uh, we don't really need to talk about the Furman game from last or a couple of Wednesdays ago. Uh, yeah. I think we covered it, and that was kind of a, a nothing burger. Furman didn't really put up that much of a fight. Uh, then Tech headed to Charlottesville. They kept it close most of the way. Uh, it was a two-possession game for most of the game. And yeah. then things kind of got messy towards the end. Walk me through what happened there. Um, I mean, yeah, they kept, held it within five for a long time in that game. I um, mean, UVA was definitely favored in this game. Um, the starters, I mean, the turnovers weren't awful in this in this, in this this round. Um, Bianca Jackson critically, or not critically, but she got to 1,000 points during the game, career. Uh, which they did a fun commemoration for before today's game. Um, Swartz was hit a couple buckets, uh, but similar to the men, uh, Cavaliers went on an 11-0 run, not 25. Also, this was before the men's game, so this was technically the beginning of all this stuff. Um, and it just, it's, it was just a, it was a turnover, another turnover problem game. Um, they had Tech was at 10 turnovers by the six-minute mark in the second quarter, and five of them were unforced. Like it was just a, it became a series of just mindless errors that lost that game less more than anything else. I mean, they were in striking distance. They really were. Um, I mean, they they, had the lead for a pretty. Yeah, they got the lead back of the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. Not in the fourth. Not in the fourth. Um, Oh, okay. I I missed part of the game. (laughs) Yeah. No. They. uh, So they. Yeah, they were up at halftime though. They were up thirty-one twenty-eight. They were down for most of the first half, and then Inez Nuguero hit a three. Um, and then Caleb Blackshear got a got a bucket to retake retake the lead after UVA had gotten a bucket back. Um, so they had a they had a good shot there, um, and they had an 8-0 run, and then UVA scored nine straight buckets and had a 27 point third quarter. Yeah, it's the, the, uh, it's the and same. it wasn't a third quarter nap though. We still scored 16 points. I mean, it wasn't our best quarter, but it like it wasn't for we just fell asleep. Like they were st- the one side of the ball was still doing its work. 
Um, but they just could not stop UVA, which was kind of the case most of the time. Um, and that the portion where UVA started blowing the game up and was right when Ilya Love took, got her first minutes of the game. Um, and then after that, it was just done. Um, we'll get to more about Ilya Love after I talk about Florida State. So I think this still qualifies as a third quarter nap because the at Tech 40, UVA 37, when Cam Schwartz makes a free throw at 5.15 left in the third quarter, Tech does not score another point until 2.11 left in the third uh yeah 211 left in the third i think um and by then uva has gone up by eight points so yeah also they 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 they, i mean they were getting they were getting every bounce and that they had a missed second free throw and then pulled a luka Doncic and got the bucket on that so turned a two-point play into a three-point play and so that those kind of things were biting us in the rear during the third quarter yeah, and Tech brought it as close as three in the middle of the fourth quarter, and then UVA held it at like held their advantage at like five the rest of the way, more or less. Yeah. So, and it ended at six. Oh, so. I, oh, you know, I forgot. I, I have notes about. I found my notes from this game. Yeah. So that I wrote about that particular possession to myself. Um, Bianca Jackson had to do had to run up, get the ball up quickly. Um, and then it was just a possession that Cam had the ball and no one was passing and no one was cutting and she just got stripped because just nothing was happening offensively. And that's been a theme I've seen throughout a lot of these games is Bianca or Cam will get the ball and they're just waiting for them to do something as if they're James. The Harden old Atlanta United attacking attacking philosophy, I see. It's more that th- these girls are not James Harden and they're not doing a full space, space and find threes offense but they're doing too many parts of it yeah it's it's an offensive philosophy i can say that much uh there's not much more i can say about it uh well if you thought uva was bad in terms of offensive output and offensive frustration um i don't know what you would call playing florida state earlier today in which tech lost let me check my notes here 99 to 58 to go uh, 0-3 in conference play, uh, tied for last in yes. the conference. Uh, it was not close at all. This featured a first quarter nap in which Tech did not score from, let's see, three, four minutes left in the first quarter to it nine minutes a, left hey, in I, the I second the exact, quarter. It was an 8-4. Uh, so... No, there was one bucket in there. You they were outscored nineteen to one over eight forty six of game time between the two quarters. Tech shot twenty seven percent from the field and twenty seven percent from three. Had twenty turnovers. Not yep. good. Not, Not good, good at, at all. all. Five points in the first quarter. Uh, pretty sure that's the fewest all season. Yeah, that's for a single quarter. It was really bad. It was. It was. It was. It would. I mean, they were. They were finding their shots in the first quarter. I'll. It will, me and uh, me and Rod McKenzie did notice that while we were watching the game uh, from two four seven, and like they they were getting their looks, things just weren't dropping. Um, and then they had, and then FSU had it fifteen five, and uh, kept on going. And the thing is, you stopped. can get xG'd like you can get xG'd like that, uh, but you have to also score buckets at some point else. They yeah, and they didn't do that until the third quarter, until the fourth quarter when they scored thirty seven. Yeah, like so it, garbage it, time makes it, this it, a lot uh, look a lot better. I yeah, think. there was 15 straight buckets made in the fourth quarter between both teams, except Florida State scored nine of those buckets. 
Uh, it, was getting, it was getting ridiculous how hot both teams were at the end there. Um, we like we shot, well, we only shot thirty six percent, but it was still like, why? Why is this happening now? Like, where was this the rest of the game? Um, yeah, I'll note. Great. I'll note a couple other stats. Uh, Inez Nowero again, sixteen points, six of ten shooting off the bench for twenty uh, in twenty six minutes, four of seven from three. So another good game from her. Another really good offensive output game from her. The rest yeah. of the uh, the rest of the starting squad. Mm, eight, four, nine, eight, eight in terms of points. Uh, nothing from Mary Armosa. Cara Dunn put together three, and uh, AC Carter put together two points. So, yeah. the yeah, shots were not going down between Cameron and Bianca. They were combined five of 21. No, five of 31. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, Cameron Schwartz, two for 14 from the field, 0 for five from three. Uh, uh, Bianca Jackson, three for 17 from the field, one of six from three. So, a very frustrating offensive output game. Um, well, it's the, the defense, I mean, the defensive, I looked at the advanced stats, uh, they're just as bad. I mean, this was a failure on both sides of the floor, uh, just to, to put it lightly. Um, I mean, Nell said afterwards that uh, they just did not have, they didn't compete. They really just said, we did not compete today. They weren't there. Um, That's a beatable team, too. Florida State has been in, like, in rebuild mode or neutral. They'll, like, they'll make the tournament, but they've been in rebuild mode and neutral the last couple of years, and it's it's frustrating to see. Yeah. We, we should have beat them last beat year. beat the last couple of years. Um, yeah. We actually lost uh, our last game to them because they were, they were in that stretch of games where we where the team slid late uh, before going to the tournament. But they were almost won. I mean, they almost won that game, too. Um, yeah. I will have to note Tania Latson, who plays for the, I believe she's a freshman. She would 13 of 13 from the line, scored 32 points, um, and drew eight fouls as well. Like, she did whatever she wanted today um, and looked like one of those ACC first-team All-American kind of players. Like, it was remarkable to watch her, but it's because she got to play on easy mode today. That That's where that went. Um, two interesting notes from this game. Um Naguero again, I think we have to mention her just not just based on the stat line, but I think she had a really good game. And has I think you have to play her. Like you have to start her at this point. That's what like I asked. She, I asked Nell that. I was like, did she earn earn more playing time today? Like she by far I mean, you can just tell why I mean, I would encourage y'all to just watch the next game just to even if we play just as poorly, at least watch Inez play because you can tell she's thinking about the game differently when she's playing. She's making the passes no one else on the on the on text team is making. She's finding her spots in open space and she's cutting off ball. Uh, she's doing all the things you would want the everyone else to do um, in the guard position and she's doing it well. Now she is five nine. She's undersized and her defense wasn't great today either. Um, but she did have a couple pickpocket kind of good steals. Um, so she's there's still a lot of work to get there. Uh, Nell was like she was great on offense. She was the really the hope on offense to give us a shot if we were to get one um but it did not come back on the defensive end but that went for everybody today yeah i, I mean her number her minutes haven't really picked up i will say um she's sort of been alternating uh longer spells well, today with today's today's new development caused i think the uptick of her minutes as well yeah i but i think at a certain point uh, she's averaging eight minutes and three points uh over nine games but She's shooting 44% from the field and shooting uh, 46% from three. I, I think you have to bring her in just for some sort of offensive spark. You have to get something going. 
um, and, and you have to have an attacking bite. I, I know I'm using a lot of soccer words, but also she's she's Spanish. I think I can get away with that. Um, <laughs> like you have to have an attacking bite, and she's doing the off-ball work there to yeah. give you that attacking bite. And I think she's earned she's earned some playing time. Yeah. Um, the second note, and I think you have a no quote directly from this, is about Aaliyah Love. Yes. Do you want to walk through this news? Because I still am trying to understand what happened here. Um, so the short of it, and this is word for word from from Coach Fortner, Aaliyah uh, Love's been dismissed from the team. That's that's all we know. Um, she was not on today's roster, um, which I noted mid-game that she wasn't in any of the huddles and didn't play, and then I checked the the – the uh just the roster sheet and she wasn't listed number 24 was gone uh and that made me question what was happening um and then yeah that's what she said after the game said she's dismissed i don't know why uh in particular i the all i all i know is that she did not play anywhere close to as good as she did last year um just in terms of the pure basketball parts that i've seen um she played more lethargic she her shot wasn't wasn't there she played slower um, but it just all just there's a lot of fact. I think there's, I, I don't know what's going on. So, all that to say, she's no longer on the team. They wished her well. They the, the team Nell, Nell didn't say anything else about that. There's nothing on the socials to hint at anything. Um, so that's she she's just gone. Uh, against Virginia, she got very little playing time then as well. Um, three minutes, three minutes of playing time, and she had started eight games though, which was that was this was the curious part to me. Is she. I mean, if you watched, I went to the exhibition. It was clear she wasn't in 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 shape, um, which not everyone's in shape at the beginning of the season. That's fine. I mean, even Luka Doncic doesn't get in shape until arguably February, of the NBA season. Um, and but played her way into playing time, though. Like started plenty of games. Um, got her guard spot back from Kayla Blackshear, who was we were doing a three-two. Then we went to a four-one, and then just didn't start the Virginia game, and then was gone today. Let me hit you with some minutes numbers while I have ESPN pulled up. She was at – well, actually, let me go uh, bottom to top from the start of the season. 10, 22, 32, 19, 26, 24, 26, 23, and then 12, 13, 22, 12, and 3. So – There's a drop-off. There's a drop-off. There's drop definitely off. a drop-off uh, where she sort of fell out of favor with the staff, and, and that's in 13 games played of Tech's 14 – Today was yeah. the 14th. So she she appeared in all of them. UVA was only a three-minute spell. So it, it's uh, it's unknown. I don't, I don't really want to comment on it. I don't know what's going on, like you said. I don't There's even want to yeah. go. I don't even want to do the do the uh, like the shape stuff. Uh, but I'll note this for the record. Last year, she was she played 32 games. Uh, I averaged 30 minutes. Uh, averaged 10.5 points, five around five rebounds, uh, around two assists. Um, and she was shooting... She saved- she saved the team in multiple games. She had multiple twenty-point games last year that were the reason we won. I think like, she was a incredibly important piece of that team. Her baseline jumper was of the best reliable shots the team had all yeah. all of the twenty-one to twenty-two season. Yeah, um, and even in even in the twenty the COVID year, she was uh, twenty-six games played, averaging nineteen minutes, five points, um, still putting together like important minutes during a stretch where the team was pretty limited rotationally. So um, we don't know what's going on. Uh, Nell is obviously not saying anything, but the the key word here being dismissed is interesting. Um, And uh, I, 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 but I just don't, there's not even stuff to speculate about 
right? No. Like there's there hasn't been a peep. So um, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and if there's an official update from the athletic department, we will uh, we'll pass that along. Anything else from women's basketball before we move on? Uh, they go and play. Oh, who do they go and play? Do they play in Miami too. They might be they might be playing Miami next as well. Oh no, they go to they go play Louisville on Thursday. They got to go to the Yum Center and play Louisville. Mm. So the fake NBA arena, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so they'll be in Louisville on you said Thursday. Thursday night. Yep. Thursday night. Let's do some quick hitters, or at least one quick hitter before we get out of here and and clean stuff up. Uh, Swimming will return to Macaulay this next weekend. Uh, they will be in a dual meet versus SCAD and Texas A&M, interesting, on Friday the 6th, and then they'll face Auburn on Saturday the 7th. They have not been in a pool for official competition since the middle of November. What you got for me on this? Uh, there's a lot of meets coming up at, at at Tech. I mean, they have, I think, four or five, five or six race days just in January alone on campus uh, before the – big ACC stuff happens and last chances and all those kind of fun stuff. So uh, no traveling this year. Um, swimming is, I guess, kind of fun because you get to see a lot more smaller schools. It's like that in softball. You get like the really small ones like Queens is coming down here. Supposedly, I think they were supposed to come here last year and didn't, which is why that's happening this year. Um, and like SCAD, I yeah, I kind of forget SCAD has athletics at times. So uh, all fun stuff. Come see. I mean, we have oh, someone. Uh, Jake would know this off the top of his head, but we had some program records set in November, um, so we might have some new program records set before we get into the really important meets where we're supposed to go as fast as pop, at the fastest of the season. So um, this is just yeah. like your note about the small programs thing is very interesting because I've never heard of Carson Newman, and that is Carson who Newman. we play them in baseball. I think at times I. I've never heard that that program name before, but but we swim against them at the end of January. Uh, just to, while we're while I'm looking at the schedule, uh, Friday, January twentieth, Tex women will face West Florida's uh, January twenty seventh. That's Tech hosting Carson Newman, and then January twenty eighth they'll host Gardner Webb, um, and then Queens on the twentieth of January as well. There are two open dates here on on the third and the fourth of February. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and they're both listed as away. So I assume they're they're still looking for for places to plug and play swimmers. Um yeah. so we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that because those are the last chance meets before ACC championships. Um and then that's the weekend of the fourteenth of February. And then you get the last chance meet at the end of February for for zones and, and for the NCAA. It it it's a mess. Like it goes yeah right into championships basically when we're done with swimming by easter more or less it's a lot it's a wild ride to the end of the year and it's also weird that we're not hosting this year uh that was a pretty fun experience last year um but this year it's in minnesota they got the rotations and the women are in knoxville so i mean like they'll they got their rotations it's fine we'll get it back you don't win you don't host everything every year unlike hey we should have gotten the final four back that's what i'm most pissed about is that we didn't get that back after not getting it in covid 2020 but i have such a headache about that but that's neither here nor there uh iml uh before we get out of here construction corner mr birdie what you got yeah as i'm scootering to to uh mccamish they're rebuilding the i guess it's called a retaining wall just the stone wall out in front of cloudman where they hold up all the plants and everything like that um it looks to be close to done. So if you're coming back to campus for classes and later this month, I don't think that'll the site, the sidewalks currently blocked, but I do not believe it will be because it looks pretty close to done, but 
there'll be a nice shiny new stone wall. Not shiny. It'll just be a new stone wall there that matches the rest of the the walkway. Yeah, I I, I believe that was damaged at some point during the fall. Um, Probably. I don't it remember seems like... exactly when, but I remember at some point while I was walking back from an Atlanta United game, there was some damage there, and they'd started working on it. Uh, I walked past this retaining wall earlier today, uh, walking back from uh, the Falcons game. Uh, it is more or less done. They just have a couple of stones to put uh, down on top. So, yeah, good to go there. Anything else on that? I don't know of any other construction happening. Um, student center's we done. We talked about the fountain, right? We, it, we did well, talk about the, the camp. We may as well. Fountain. I mean, we can again. The fountain's done at the Campanile. Um, if you haven't it's seen it. It's very nice. Oh, the, oh, the rest. I I haven't gone to check on the wreck garage as of recent. Um, oh, I the, have. I was okay. there. I was there last weekend, and I do have. I, it's not really inside baseball, but I I do know what the situation is with that. It's not done on the inside. Uh, right. They've installed the elevator. They've installed all like the machine components, like the working on the car components in there. Um, the they may have used the wrong shade of gold. I think gold paint mm. on some of the uh, tables, like the tool tape. I don't know what they're called. Um, the the benches, uh, but that's a personal nitpick. Um, I think the opening is scheduled. The official grand opening is scheduled for March. So March, okay. Um, they'll probably work. Uh, they'll probably work to get some of the stuff in, uh, get the car tested in there. It might have a soft open. Like I'm, I don't know anyone in the rec club to source this off properly, but I assume it'll have a soft open where the where the driver is using it already. Like the new driver that's coming in is already being trained up. That that's what they do over winter break. Mm-hmm. So uh, that there there'll be a new driver in place by I guess next week when they start classes and um, uh, they'll start using it at some point over the next two months. I assume so. And then, and yeah. then there'll be an official opening. So all the yeah, last uh, last I was there, all the all the all the new bike racks they needed to go in were in. Uh, I the assume slate. they're just waiting on stuff to get shipped to put inside the inside the thing. Like yeah, tools yeah, and, yeah. The plants and all the agriculture, whatnot. That's mostly done. That's I, been done for like three months at this point. Oh no, they were still putting. They were like fixing up a lot of the dirt around the the garage, like right next to this, right next to the, uh, the student center student on that left hand side. I don't. There might still be some fencing up for some agricultural stuff they're doing outside the Campanile, like on that walkway between Tech Green and where like the, the all the different kinds of styles of trees are. Um, but you mean now where it's finally uh, accessibility or ex- like wheelchair accessible for yes. the first time in like yes. seventy years? Yes, yes, it is. All of it's wheelchair accessible now. It is um, kind of embarrassing that that was not for yeah. such a long time, but the I other, digress. The other thing that I will go and find out soon is they were ripping out the chairs in the Macaulay Aquatic Center um, in like October, November, December, and redoing all the seats in there. I had not gotten to see if it they has installed. to be done by next weekend. I know I haven't. Got, well, unless they just, I mean, they don't do a crowd for half of these anyway. So I, I, I would, I would well, hope I, so because they're marketing it. it they, they had an ad for it on the tennis court across where you can see it, where they put all their main ads for basketball games as people are walking in and out. Um, I hope but I haven't gone back in there to see if it's if it's actually uh, done or not, or if some of the sections are done. Uh, there's, go there's... go in today and pump some iron, Jack. Go pump some iron at CRC and and take a look for us. Do some bootleg journalism. I gotta go. I actually, gotta renew my membership, so it's a good reminder for me to do that. There we go. Sounds like someone's doing some capital or big J journalism for us today. That's all I got. All right, that's all I got. Two. Uh, I think that does it for us. Uh, no Jake to do the outro, and I don't really remember what he does. So I will read off our list of plugs. Go read the website, from the rumble seat.com. Comment on the site. 
Uh, we love your comments. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate any feedback that you have for us. Yes. Uh, email from the rumble seat at gmail.com. Uh, talk to us at ad for FTRS blog. Jake's Twitter is uh, at Jake Grant 98. Jack, Jack Nicholas. Uh, thank you again to our partner, Section 103. We love them. Add Section 103 on Twitter and Section103.com. Uh, Instagram, Facebook for From the Rumble Seat. It's all at From the Rumble Seat. We have been very consistent in that regard. And finally, go subscribe uh, wherever you find podcasts are sold. Go take your, while you're still in town for Christmas or New Year's, go take your relatives' devices and go subscribe on there. And just boost our numbers for us. It makes us yes. feel good. Gives us the happy brain juice. Uh, for for me, for for Jack, and for Jake, who's not here. Good night. Good luck, and go, Jackets. Oh.